Hey everybody, welcome to the Bearded Blur Brothers Podcast. I'm your boy Gary. I'm Big O. And I'm Liz. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very fun, uh, I don't know if fun is the right word, I guess. What would you call it, though? Uh, I'll, I'll say it, it, this is a fun segment. It will be a fun segment, very informative. Um, but our special guest that we have here today is Miss Lavender Lizzie. She is uh, a St. Louis fan, like myself. Uh, she's very big into mental health. She's fun, fearless, fabulous. Fine. Don't biased, forget the most so, important part. You know, yeah. fine because I'm biased, and she is the love of my life. She is my there we go beautiful, beautiful girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. <laughs> I'm trying not to blush now. <laughs> Too late. He had to put it on there so he didn't get beat up later. <laughs> I'm gonna just blink. Yes. <laughs> coming yes you. you you are our first guest yes. i'm honored to be y'all's first guest thank you thank you absolutely before we go any further into it liz uh even though O gave you a really glowing introduction uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself <laughs> well um as otis has said i'm from st louis and i'm not good at talking about myself None of us are. <laughs> um, I have a podcast, you know, um, it's called Adulting Sucks Right. And um, I started the podcast because I was, I needed a support system because um, back in 2010, I was diagnosed with bipolar depression, PTSD, and anxiety. And I struggled like a mofo. And, um, I got to the point where I was like, I want to like talk about it cause it was therapeutic for me, but also help people within the community because I did not know much about therapy before I got into it. I did not know much about mental health. I didn't know like how bad a lot of like the stereotypical things that black people say had really like affected me or I should, I don't even say, say black people with just society. And, right. um, over the years, I've gotten from taking medication to being holistic, like treating it holistically. Nice. And so I just wanted to share that with other people. So um, I started the podcast. Um, I also started a Peace of Mind STL page um, just to try to like start a group and stuff. But because the way my ADHD is set up, <laughs> I'm not always consistent, but yeah. nonetheless, here I am. So I hope that helps. That was great, honestly. <laughs> um, Thank you. Everyone, if you're listening or if you're watching on YouTube, you will get the links below. Uh, yep. So definitely give her a check. Uh, I've listened to the podcast. I've listened to like maybe one or two episodes. Oh, definitely good stuff. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I can vouch for the, the quality. <laughs> Uh, so you all definitely check her out. 
Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I, I try to teach what I know, um, especially now that in Missouri, it's officially a green state, a green state. Uh, when was it? Missourians finally voted and said yes to wreck. And um, I already have my card as, as well as Otis does. Um, but I'm really big into cannabis. I was trying not to smoke before I got on here. um but yeah i i would like to say cannabis saved my life so i also Mm. talk about that like um try to educate on the different cannabinoids how it affects the brain the body and whatnot and even shout out some of like the local uh dispensaries if they're black owned or different products different uh strains and like i said just try to educate yeah, sounds good. Um, we, Gary and I, we frequently check in with one another um, as we do the podcast because, you know, life is the best of us. And sometimes we're not always in the right headspace to record, you know, like we want to or uh, we can't always like lock in on the subject content that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we just, you know, aside from the podcast, like this man's my brother. We've been, we've been tight for a long time. So, you know, wow. we just like to make sure, man, G, are you good, man? Do you need to chat? You know, everything good, you know, anything like that. So, um, mm-hmm. we wanted to take this opportunity for the segment here on our podcast to just kind of promote mental health and, um, you know, normalize talking about it, you know, yeah. is it's too many times that we often see, you know, the social media posts where it's like, you know, uh, the cold hearted, you know, like men ain't ish, women ain't, women ain't ish, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. You know, we, we Facebook our problems instead of facing our problems. Mm. Yep. So, um, yeah, we wanted you on the show to kind of talk a little bit about mental health, ask you a few questions, kind of pick your brain. Because um, Gary and I, we're nerds in the comic book sense. You know, you're nerdy about mental health and natural healings and things like that. So, um, Gary, I'll pass it off to you, bro. Nice. Uh, so I had three questions. Okay. But as Otis was talking... I came up with the fourth question that I'm going to ask first, because like he mentioned, like we don't see it talked about a a lot in our society, but I would say if, you know, we're all black and this is the bearded blurred brothers podcast, the, uh, the issue that I've noticed is that in our community, in the black community, we don't talk about mental health as much, if at all. You know, you mentioned mental health, you mentioned you're depressed, you mentioned you uh, are potentially manic depression or something of those those lines. And people look at you like you're crazy. So mm-hmm. my question to you, Liz, and then, oh, I want to hear your opinion as well. Why is mental health not talked about in our community as it should be? I think it, a lot of it has to do, I almost want to say because of slavery, um, mm. <laughs> but 
I, I do think it's the conditioning. Like, as Black people, we are looked at as, we're not really looked at as, as human, that we have feelings, that we um, are allowed to express ourselves. I mean, think about it. If a woman expresses herself, even if, anytime I feel like anybody expresses themselves, like they are valid in their feelings because that's how they feel, you know? Um, but if you, if a woman has a natural reaction or a response to something where somebody has wronged them, then their response is looked at as like, oh, you're an angry black woman. And it's like, no, that's what society has painted. Whether that's, you know, through, like I said, history, that through social media, through TV, movies, songs, whatever. And I think, I think that with, with men specifically, um, just think about it. When you see a little boy crying and you'll hear their mom like, oh, you're toughen up, like suck it up. Boys are not supposed to cry. You, you, you're not supposed to have any feelings. And it's like, Man up. no, <laughs> <laughs> just because he's a boy, that doesn't That's mean that he's not allowed to have feelings. He's human. And I think we need to take away like race and gender and look at it as a, from a humanistic standpoint that people are human. And I would say in, like back when I first got diagnosed, in comparison to how things are now, it's completely different. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that because psychology, the study of the mind is like still in its infancy, if you really think about it, just like 50 years ago, they were doing lobotomies, you know? Um, but specifically within our community, I think, like I said, I think it's a lot has to do with history and just those, those unfortunate, those stereotypes. And then we are so hard on ourselves because we have been conditioned to think that, you know, we have to be strong all the time and build for it tough. And we wear the weight on the, of the world on our shoulders, but then it's like, it's okay to, to cry. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to express yourself. So I would say it's getting a lot better, which gives me mm -hmm. hope um, because I do see more people talking about it, especially um, with our generation where we are actually teaching our elders about yeah. what mental health looks like. I mean, because if you think about what dementia and Alzheimer's is, which, you know, some of our grandparents or unfortunately our parents could be facing, that's still a mental mm -hmm. health issue. So yeah. um, I think it's, it's, it's getting better, but we still got a long ways to go. I definitely agree with that. Oh, give me your thoughts, man. Um, I think a lot of it is, it's like kind of that societal template of, you know, if you go to therapy, boom, you crazy off rip. Yeah. You know, um, but I think behind that, it's really a lack of, um, lack of knowledge of self. Um, you're not aware of like your own, um, emotions and thought processes and things like that. Um, and again, going back to the social template thing, I think it's also one of those things that mental health is in the space of, you know, if this person feels this way, they being a punk, they being soft, they, you know, be all of those kinds of things, you know, they're, they're weak. And, um, I think people, 
they instead of doing their own research about you know how does uh how do these emotions manifest and you know if this child is crying why is this child crying you know a lot of times i remember myself growing up um crying to some members in my family i won't put anybody on blast specifically well actually my no i'm just kidding um i just remember some members in my family where i was like really hurt about things and they would ask me what was wrong and before i knew what depression actually was i felt that i knew what i felt was some sort of depression but i don't think i had all the language to it at that time right you know and i'm talking when i was maybe eight or nine years of age and mm-hmm. i remember saying you know i'm depressed and one family member um they were just like you don't know nothing about no depressed you ain't you ain't old enough to know what that is you you too young to be depressed and I'm right. like, well, that's stupid. Like, <laughs> depression doesn't have an age limit or a gender or a race or anything like that. You know, it's a human experience. And I think because those generations before ours, it wasn't, like Liz just said, you know, it wasn't really talked about. It wasn't really uh, a nationally discussed thing, you know, and also there wasn't social media and things like that and only time you going to see a doctor was if you were sick or had a physical ailment or things like that but you never went to go get your mind right you know it was just things that were swept under the rug you know uh, abuse from family members of the physical sort um verbal sort um bullying at school things like that you know and those um those family members who you know when uncle so-and-so if you're if you're a little girl if uncle so-and-so comes in you got to go get dressed you got to go put on some clothes you got to cover yourself up and it's like no maybe uncle so-and-so or even aunt so-and-so shouldn't be coming around here you shouldn't be looking at a child that way you shouldn't be treating a child that way in the first place um i think a lot of it is just people are scared to talk about mental health yeah Yeah, because they may be afraid of oh sorry go ahead no you can go ahead well i was just gonna say they'll just be afraid of like being ostracized or made fun of in in the family i know like for me personally um when i would talk like my mom she was more understanding of it thank god um and over the years she has gotten a lot better because she has really like seen me at my worst and uh and i can remember times where she's like oh my god how the fuck am i going to like i could tell she was frustrated in in a way like she sees that i'm suffering um unfortunately i've had some times where I was hallucinating, I was hearing things, and I'm, like, trying to keep myself, you know, um, together, but she, like, seen that, and for her to, now she knows what to, I mean, I don't have those issues anymore, thank God, Um, but now, whenever she hears that I'm depressed, or if I'm experiencing some anxiety, she'll be like, "Um, when is 
when is the last time you you smoked some of your 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 marijuana? You know, maybe you might. <laughs> and it's like. Yeah, maybe I do. Or she'll be, you know, she'll she'll coach me and say, hey, you know, take a deep breath, do your deep breathing, get your get your aromatherapy. You know, she she tells mm-hmm. me she she can guide me and, and kind of help me with that. And I'm, I have a few other people in my family that are supportive, but then a lot of them are still kind of like that. Well, that's, you know, some white people stuff. Therapy is for white folks. And it's like, no, can, let let's. I'm going to say this right now. <laughs> I always joke and say, if you are black, you need therapy. But I'm going to change that to, if you're black, you deserve therapy. So much of what, like, as as a, a whole, like, society, and I mean worldwide, black people mm-hmm. are not loved by many. You know, like our culture, what we bring to yeah. the table is is mm-hmm. more accepted than this. The way that we look like something that we cannot help. And and so when I tell people like you deserve therapy, you deserve to sit down and talk to somebody about your feelings. Like get that shit out because a lot of times what that ends up doing whenever you have all that anger, that hurt, that resentment, that sadness, it festers and it manifests into other issues such as hypertension, heart attack, stroke, diabetes, you know, cancer. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 it's been proven. So that's why I think it's so important that we get some some assistance that can be in the form of therapy, counseling. It could talk to a, a friend, something, get those feelings out, because it, it if not, it's going to kill you, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Um, <laughs> I've been saying for the last few years myself that if you're black and you're of age, you should go to therapy uh, mm-hmm. because at some point or another, you've been through some type of trauma. You've oh, been yeah. through some type of stressor that for our white counterparts typically leads them to being serial killers. Mm-hmm. But for us, it ends up with us acting out and going to jail for various other reasons, whether it be, you know, murder of our own people or uh, robbery, things like that. Mm-hmm. People don't realize like those acts those behaviors stem from some type of uh unmet need from your childhood Mm -hmm. or from even your adulthood and i went to therapy uh, for the first time in 2020 um, Mm -hmm. towards the end of 2020 and my therapist was black and she said the same thing that you said was like if you're black you deserve to go to therapy because you know we go through so much and one last thing i want to say before i toss it back to you oh um, I was on Twitter earlier and this black comic creator that I follow, he was, uh, talking about how when it comes to, uh, black comics and black, black, you know, creators, there's really not as much push for them. And something he said yeah. I thought was really interesting. He was talking about how. You know, with these black, uh, with black people in general, they are all, we are often stolen from so much and how that really affects mm-hmm. just the ability for them to create, for us really to be, be able to create uh, content and things of that nature. And I was thinking about that and it was like, 
you know, we really do deal with more than most other groups of people because yeah. we have to deal with people on the outside saying and taking from us as well as really oppressing us. But then we also have to deal with internally a lot of people inside our community doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Yep. We're getting it from all ends, unfortunately. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> um, so now I have some, I have a few questions, but I'll start with, um, so for you, Liz, when, when you were diagnosed with, um, you know, like the uh, manic depression and things like that. What what were your like? What was your thought process when you know hearing that, and also thinking about um, first steps? You know, because it's like when we hear therapy, it's like, oh my god, something's wrong with me. You know, I don't like this about myself. I don't like that about myself. What was, you know, like your thought process kind of walk us through, you know, like how everything transpired? Okay, I'm going to try to make it short. So, um, <laughs> so for me, I, I think that I had some form of depression most of my life, even as a kid. Like I'm, I was told by my mom and like my aunts and stuff that. I used to, and it, it, my mom said it started when I was six months old. I would just be one minute, I'm, you know, happy, I'm laughing, I'm doing whatever. And then I would just go into these fits, these tantrums. And um, a lot of my family um, thought that, you know, oh, she's just spoiled, she's just spoiled, you know, whatever. And a lot of these, I don't remember. I remember hearing stories, but I don't remember having these moments myself. Um, I can remember at like, I want to say 10 or 11, like having a knife up to myself. Like, I'm tired of being sad. I'm tired of crying. I don't know what's going on. And like my mom snatched the knife and slapped the shit out of me because like she did not know what to do. I did not know what to do, but I'm screaming for, you know, I'm asking for help, but I don't think she knew how to help me. And over the years, like, you know, being a teenager and stuff, I tried to deal with it the best way I could. Unfortunately, once I got into my mid twenties, it was actually later on, I found out as I got into going to school, because for a while I was in school for psychology and I learned like a lot of what happens in the brain can be hormonal, it can be environmental, it could be socioeconomic, it could be genetic, it could be a lot of things. And I think for me, because I was dealing with a health problem um, with my reproductive and the treatment that I received, I think what that did was something hormonally chemically happened to where it pretty much triggered bipolar depression. So before I get into it real quick, there are different levels. So you have um, bipolar, you have bipolar type one, which is more of the manic, it used to be called manic depressive, but this is where you have extreme highs and extreme lows. So it's basically like you'll start off 
Hi. I guess I'll use Kanye West as an example <laughs> where you have this grandiose idea. You think you're God. You really don't get a lot of sleep and you're doing a lot of compulsive, reckless behavior. It could be from having too much sex. It could be drinking, drugs. Um, I remember I used to just, for some reason, I used to like running red lights just because I could. And it was just, it was a thrill for me. And it was something that I felt like I could not control. Um, compulsive shopping was a thing. Compulsive eating, drinking. And I'm talking about, ooh, I can drink with the best of money. And um, it, it, it got, what got ahead of it is one day I just went to work and... I was tired of feeling sad. I was just uncontrollably crying. And I told my boss, I'm like, I don't want to be here anymore. And thankfully she did not. And surprisingly, she was a, she was a white lady. <laughs> and um, she was very helpful. She referred me to um, EAP, Employee Assistance Pro uh, Program, which a lot of employers have now. And through them, I was able to speak to a, a counselor and they referred me to a psychiatric hospital. And so I went in and I spoke to a psychologist and they did an evaluation on me. And from there, um, luckily I did not like have to go into a psych hospital or anything like that, but I went in what's called intensive outpatient therapy, which is basically six to eight hours of different types of therapy that's individual group therapy and just learning coping skills and, and, and strategies um also meeting with a psychiatrist just to kind of like find some type of medication to help even me out and um it was a it was a tough road because i had a lot of adverse reactions to the medication um at one point, I was taking like nine different medications at once. And I'm talking about different like antidepressants, antipsychotics. I was taking lithium. I was taking a lot of benzos. I mean, I could, I didn't know left from right, up from down. And I was, I, throughout the years, I was just trying to figure it out. I was seeing, trying to match with a good therapist. And at the time, I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So there were not a lot of us <laughs> as therapists. So, um, it, it, I just basically felt like a big, uh, a, a guinea pig and I went through hell. Um, but over the years, I just started doing my own research and trying to figure out how to kill myself. So I won't kill myself. Um, cause I, I, I just got tired of living in, in anguish and, you know, um, the person that I was even two years ago, or I, I would even say a year ago is not who I am today. Like it's a complete 180. Um, it, yeah. So I, one thing I did want to get on here and say for people who are thinking about taking medication, I will highly recommend getting something called genetic testing. They're starting to do that now um, where they where they would just get you get a blood sample and they will see what which medications will work well with your body like how well does your body break down those enzymes and you know kind of go throughout your body and i found out 
a lot of those medications gave me adverse reactions. And that's the reason why I was hallucinating. That was the reason why a lot of my symptoms were um, were amplified because if you look at the bottles, if you look at the side effects, a lot of antidepressants and anti-anxieties and benzos and antipsychotics, the first thing that they say is may cause suicidal thoughts and ideation. So if you already are dealing with suicidal thoughts and ideation and you're taking nine different medications that are causing suicidal thoughts and ideation, what do you think is going to happen? So um, I I just always encourage people to take, take control of your mental health and do your due diligence and do your research and find out what works for you. Don't let these doctors start putting you on a bunch of pills that are going to make you worse. Just do your research. Find out, like, look at reviews, look at those ingredients and find alternative ways because there are ways to heal the mind um, holistically. And it, just from my experience and my opinion and just by doing research. I know that was like a mouthful, but I just had to get that. <laughs> oh, that's all right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, um, you you gave a lot of information. I think the the best part of of all of that for me um, is just the acknowledgement of the difference in the approach. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people when they talk about mental health, when they talk about just health in general, they try to generalize it and put it all in one box and say if you follow these steps then you're going to get mm-hmm. this result. But, you know, we all have different issues and situations that we've dealt with in the past. We also have different genetic makeups uh, and we have different ways that our brain processes information and things of that nature so that it isn't all just a one shoe fits all type of situation. Yeah. Uh, so I really appreciate you being as open and honest as you were uh, on the pod for that. And, um, yeah, uh, it was, it was really good. It's honestly, I'm still trying to process all that information that you gave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I tend to get very excited about it and very passionate. Oh no, we appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Because like, I, I wish I had somebody that looked like me that was able to kind of like help guide me through that journey. Um, yeah. Now, don't get it twisted. It's, it's still a journey, but it's a way more manageable journey now. Um, so, like I said, for like people who are like trying to figure out what they want to do, take don't take no for an answer, and don't let these doctors like try to medicate you because basically, doctors are basically just pill pushers. In my opinion, they don't look at, and I'm not saying all of them, because um, you have like integrative medicine that you know looks at things more holistically. But a lot of times they're just trying to look for the band aid and not trying to find the root of the problem and and solve the root. They just like, okay, you're depressed. We're gonna give you this antidepressant, and you know, hit me up in a month, and we'll we'll, we'll see where you're at. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, no, why am I depressed though? What what where is this coming from? And a lot of times, a lot of times it can be, you know, childhood trauma. It can be hormonal. Mm-hmm. It can, like I said, it can be, you know, a product of the environment, unfortunately. So it could even be generational trauma because, yep. you know, that that is a real thing. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and last thing I'm going to say, and then oh, I'll let you take over. Uh, you mentioned the socioeconomic aspect of it. And something that people don't realize is if you keep people poor or you mm -hmm. keep them below poor, mm -hmm. you will essentially keep them in a mode of survival. And yep. by doing that, that prevents them from being able to mentally develop and grow so that it keeps them in that state of constantly needing to have some type of drug or stimulant to, you know, make them feel like they're doing something right or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah. those type of things. And then just one last thing also to touch on the doctors and, and the pill pusher aspect. I agree with you because if, if we're honest, big pharma controls the health industry, whether it be the medical side or the mental health side, like they control yep. all of it. And if I have a product that regardless of whether or not it helps you or not, if I have a product that I want to sell and it's not being sold like I wanted to, what else can I do other than say, hey, if you see people with these type of symptoms, just give them this. Yep. Mm hmm. Yeah, because a lot of it's, it's all about this. And a lot of times, like, I've heard that, you know, um, some doctors can actually get bonuses and stuff from pushing. Like, I've been in, in, in the doctor office and I can see, like, a salesperson, like, from Big Pharma coming in and like, hey, I have an appointment to push these types of drugs. And it's like... Basically, I kind of feel like they're making drug deals right in front of us, but it's legal. It's a legal drug sale. It's a legal <laughs> drug thing. And, it, it, and it's crazy that uh, we are conditioned. We are told that, hey, if you're sick, grab a pill, put it in your mouth. Five minutes later, you'll be fine. But what mm -hmm. are the side effects of that pill that I'm taking? Like a lot of times when we're taking ibuprofen and even like acetaminophenes and stuff, that damages the liver and the kidneys, you know, but it, it takes the pain away. Yep. Instead, you can try herb like cannabis. I'm, I'm going to always put cannabis. You can try <laughs> cannabis. You can, hell, I don't even try shrooms and it has like significantly helped me um, with pain and with my mental health. So the, you, there are herbs. There are so many things out here that we can utilize that is just naturally growing that we can consume and heal ourselves. But it's it's one of those things where it's kind of frowned upon because not so much research goes into it. It's a lot of research yeah. that goes into it. You just got to really go out there and look and fact check. Um, if you do want to know, I, I I would highly recommend going to like school journals you go to school li like university libraries that are peer reviewed yeah. um, by professionals. And a lot of them you can see, you can, they'll be able to tell you like how they tested it, what did they compare it to and how it has like affected human beings and not just a lab rat, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So again, do your research y'all do your research. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Um, so following up with um, the natural um, remedies for mental health and um, anxiety, things like that, um, 
I myself, so I recently just started therapy um, at the end of February of this year. Um, nice. Appreciate it, man. I um, It's been something I've been kind of dragging my feet on, mainly because um, I had a lot of fears about going to therapy. I didn't know whether or not um, I would be prescribed anything, because um, growing up, I had a lot of different health problems myself, in addition to um, a lot of undiagnosed and um, undiscussed emotional uh, scenarios and depressions and things like that. Um, and I think therapy gets such a bad rep because, honestly, I think it's a little bit of um, media that we consume, you know, like TV shows and movies. When a character goes to therapy, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to prescribe you this medicine and you take this and, you know, don't go to work for 30 days or whatever the case may be. Um, I was just a little fearful about those things because they, you know, they, there are some therapists that, um, they'll recommend stuff, but they have to get their second opinion. They're not just going to outright say, okay, you're depressed. I'm going to give you Cytolopram or this, you know, Ozempic or whatever. Um, and I, myself, I had a, I had my first suicidal episode when I was in high school, my senior year. Um, I had a lot of things going on at home, uh, stuff in my relationship at that time that was going on, um, as, as well as a plethora of other uh, internal thoughts and things like that that I was fighting with. And it pushed me to a suicidal state and... Um, Basically, I had someone at the time when that happened, they called my principal. Um, I brought a knife to school. Um, I planned out my whole, like, how I was going to kill myself. Like, I had, like, everything planned out. And that person called my principal, and they got me some help and everything from there. And they took me to this hospital here where as soon as I came through the door, they were just, here, you need to take this. I'm like, what is this? Just take it and tell me how you feel. No, I'm not doing that. You know, they were just so pushy about, you know, take this pill and take this pill and drink this medication and things like that. And it got to a point where what I did, I pretended to take the medicine I spit that crap out, you know, and I called my mom there because my mom, she works at a hospital and um, she came and got me and she was just kind of asking, you know, like, what did they give you? And, I'm, you know, it was weird to even say, like, I don't know what they were trying to give me. You know, I was asking, you know, what, what are these medications that you're pushing so hard, you know, to get me to take? nobody would tell me. And, um, I just remember feeling it, it added to those emotions that I was already experiencing because, you know, I'm in my teenage years and, um, 
there's there was just a lot of things I just could not understand or I didn't know how to express. So um, I told that little tidbit to lead into my next question for you, Liz. Um, what are some common fears of like therapy and really mental health that you think that kind of shy people away from even going to therapy or even acknowledging their own feelings and thoughts? I think um, what fears prevent people from getting therapy is just a lot of the common misconceptions. So like, like I said before, just that limited way of thinking that that therapy is only geared towards a certain group of people, which is not true. Um, I think, and I think a lot of these fears are like, are common misconceptions is that I can't afford therapy. Therapy is very affordable. Um, when I first went to therapy, uh, I did not have a job and I was in desperate need of therapy and my therapist for almost a year did not charge me. She saw me and she was like, whenever you, if you got it, give it. If not, that's fine. And even when I got a job, she waited until I was able to get on my feet and my insurance kicked in. Then that's when I started making, making payments. So even if you you (laughs) think that you can't afford it, um, a lot of these places will do sliding scale. They will, they look at your income and they will work with you because that's what they're there for. Um, I think another big thing is just, uh, a lot of us don't want to feel like we're a burden. So like, I don't want to feel like I'm putting all my problems on this person. That's the reason why the therapist went to school all those years that did their residency. They know what they are getting into and therapists have therapists themselves because they are having like people unloading on them all day, every day. And so they are able to unload on somebody as well. Um, So don't ever feel like that you're unloading or that you're being a burden because no, that's why they are there and they went to school all those years to help. Um, Yeah, I think... And and that and I also think the fear of being ostracized by their friends or being looked at or maybe like them internalizing like, oh, I'm going to therapy because I'm crazy. No, no. (laughs) I think you're pretty sane if you come to the conclusion like, okay, I need some outside assistance. I need somebody to. It's the people that's running around that are (laughs) are actually doing crazy things. Those are the ones we need to be worried about. You're not crazy for asking for help. Like, it's, no. Yeah. It's like that common (laughs) misconception that uh, you're weak if you ask for help. But actually, the stronger people are the ones that actually ask for help. Exactly. Like the saying goes, there is strength and vulnerability. Like, it it really is. And um, that's something that I'm still learning. And that's something that I still struggle with within the podcast. Because I I have no problem sharing a lot of, like, my journey and what I've gone through. Uh, It used to be hard for me to talk about it. But now I can talk about it. Like, yeah, I, I tried to kill myself several times. And I'm still here. I can talk about it like it's 43 degrees outside. Like, I'm talking about the weather. Um, but there is strength in that because I've 
had people come up to me and like, yo, I've listened to your podcast, watched your videos, I see your content, and it helped me to get into therapy. So you never know who is watching you and who you are influencing. So mm-hmm. by you taking the step to go to therapy, you could be helping somebody else. They're like, oh, I see this person that I admire, that I look up to is going to therapy. Hmm. Maybe that's something that that I need to get into because I have some issues that that I have some feelings I need to explore and I need to, you know, figure out what's going on. So, something wrong with it. Yeah, I definitely completely agree with that. Um, With that, though, my question for you, um, how important is therapy for mental health improvement? Oh, man. Um, (laughs) This is something that Otis and I actually talked about um, with his journey with therapy, you know, um, encouraging him like (sighs) therapy without therapy, it could be detrimental to not only yourself, but your relationships with other people. If you have kids like that relationship it might be detrimental because you're not getting therapy, you know, um, without it, you you can't learn, can't learn things about yourself and why you do the things that you do and learn how to, um, cope with those behaviors or learn different, different strategies. Um, yeah, I just, I just felt like it with, 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 without it, you wouldn't be able to lead a a normal life because you're going to be so damn angry or, have all this repression and then you wondering like why well, I got all this pain and why I'm always so angry and, and bitter and, and, and all of that. It's like, cause you, you need to unload, get it out, talk yep. to somebody. Um, cause it can get in the way of, and it, for me, it has gotten in the way of me working and leaving, leading a, a, a normal life. Like there were times where I'm working some for some of like the best companies and have a, a bomb job, but because this wasn't right, everything else fell apart. Like I lost, I got fired from a job a couple of years ago because of my mental health. They couldn't necessarily say that, um, but that's what it was, yeah. and um, that 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 made me take a break and be like, okay, I really need to get this in order because if I don't, I won't be able to take care of myself and I won't be good for anybody else. I won't be good for my mom. I won't be good for, for Otis. I won't be good for my family and for my friends. So it's one of those things like people keep forgetting, like your brain is connected to everything else. And if that ain't right, nothing else is going to be right. Yeah, that's that's factual. Um, that's actually that very that very thought process. Um, that's what made me really go ahead and push for the step to go to therapy. Um, you know, it was for me. It was the whole insanity thing. You know, when they say you keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. You know, I was tired of being angry i was tired of having the same arguments you know and this was you know over the course of several relationships you know and friendships and things like that like the same things were happening over and over and i'm like damn like 
something's got to something's got to give here. Um, and for a while, I was in that denial state where it was like, you know, I'm not the problem. It's everybody else, and you know, this is what's wrong with you, and this is what's wrong with you, and you know, your breath stinks, so that makes me <laughs> mad. So that's on you. That's your fault, you know, or you know. You cockeyed because you can't see what I'm saying to you right now, you know <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I'm I'm just trolling, but um, yeah, man, I, I just got tired of the insanity um, process, and it was just like, you know what? In this relationship, you know, with Liz, where I'm at now, you know, I'm just like, I want to make this work. We're talking about building together we're talking about traveling and you know so so many things bro you know um you know we're we're talking about really combining and joining forces here and being one with one another and this the made an honest man out of my boy well, for real though, yeah, you know, um, I just got tired of going through the same things over and over, you know, because I was the one going home, you know, by myself and, you know, I've got this crappy day and all these things have happened. And the more that I think about it, the worse I feel. And it's like, you know, I'm tired of going through this, but then I started writing around and do the same exact thing. You know, and I'm just like, why do I keep bumping my head, you know, or why do I keep doing these things? And it really took, it took that, um, I needed that, that kick, you know, Mm -hmm. where it's like, dude, you need to, you need to make that change for yourself, you know, like, and Liz and I, we had the conversation, you know, basically, look, if you and me going to be together, there's some things you got to change, some stuff you got to get together. You know, um, one piece of the conversation that we had was um, being, and a lot of us go through this or have been through it, right? You know, being in love or infatuated with someone's potential, you know, to where it's like, I, I see the potential that you have, but you still are so many miles away from that potential where you are now, you know, and um, I really had to do that. I had to have that internal talk of like, all right, dude, look, you, you keep making these same mistakes. These relationships aren't working out, you know, in not even just relationships, you going for these same kinds of jobs, you, you know, your money ain't that good. You know, you're not making the money that you know you could be making. What do you need to do? What do you need to change? And it was all rooted back to therapy because I'm a person who, um, I can give you some of the best advice in the world. I'll listen to my own advice, but because it's coming from me, I'll, I'll like make tweaks and little justifications like, Oh, well, this person, you know, their life is like that, you know, they in the drama and all that kind of stuff. But me, on the other hand, mm-hmm. I can follow a different set of rules 
and that's that's lying to myself, you know. Um, so when I got to therapy, I was a little anxious, but once I got into it, you know, what once I got matched to my therapist, um, everything. I've only been in two sessions. I had my second session earlier today. Um, I've already been learning a lot of different things that are kind of relearning. It was things that I already knew, but I didn't know it had a certain verbiage to it or a certain title or, you know, keywords and things like that. Um, so with that, my last question is when you are seeking a therapist, what should you look for? Oh, okay. That's so, because usually people ask me this quite a bit. Um, I <laughs> normally I tell people to go to somebody who looks like us. It's crazy that my therapist is the complete opposite of who I am. <laughs> she is a white Christian woman. <laughs> what? I know, and like this black spiritual. I'm like, I'm like Christian, girl. But (laughs) but Jennifer is great. Like I've been going to her. It's funny because my cousin used to go to her, and um, and I showed up to one of her sessions to you know kind of be there to talk about some family dynamics. And years later, she ended up being my therapist. And I wouldn't trade her for the world. Um, I will say that around um, George Floyd, because, you know, the pandemic and, and all of the world saw, you know, him die at the hands of, uh, you know, some white officers. And I just, between that and the Mike Brown, because I actually lived in Canfield Green, so I had to deal with that whole thing. Um, I, I, I had a lot of hate in my heart for white folks and I did not want to have that hate. I did not want to have that. So what I ended up doing was finding a black therapist. And for a while I was seeing two therapists, my one therapist that I have created this relationship with for years and years and years, I would talk about that stuff. But when it came to my black issues, I talked to, you know, a different therapist, a black therapist who looked like me, who was spiritual like me, who mirrored a a, a lot of me in a lot of ways. And once I got done with them issues, I went back to my, I mean, I would recommend that because, you know, some experts say, well, you're not supposed to have more than one therapist, but I am a complex human being. And sometimes (laughs) I need two therapists to help me with my bipolar ass, okay? <laughs> I need one for the upside of me and then one for the downside of me. So, um, <laughs> so I, I, I did it. I don't care what nobody say. But, um, but no, for real, I highly recommend people go to um, psychologytoday.com. That is a great, great, great resource not only do you get information about different everything dealing with psychology but they specifically have a therapist where you can filter it by age sex 
uh, race, um, what type of issues you have. So like if you are part of the LBGTQIA plus community, they have uh, um, therapists specifically geared for that. If you're having men's issues, they have therapists for that. If you're having women's issues, if you have adolescents that are having behavioral problems, they have therapists specifically for that. They even break it down to the different types of therapy styles because there are so many different therapy styles like cognitive behavioral therapy, trauma-informed uh, uh, therapy, person-centered therapy, because different techniques are going to help depending on, you know, what, what specific issues you have. So I highly recommend people to, you know, find what makes you comfortable. If you, if you want your therapist to be a white Christian woman, Go to psychologytoday.com and you can find her. But if you want, you know, like, um, if you want a, 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 a black Muslim man, you can find that on that website. And so just find what works for you. Um, and, and one other thing I do want to say is finding a therapist is like finding a mate. Your first therapist might not work for you. Y'all just might not match. That's why a lot of times your first session typically is your is a consultation and it's free because the person that's sitting across, you might not have that rapport. Y'all might not be vibing and that's okay. It might take a while. It took probably uh, about a good five to six therapists before I found the therapist that I have now. And I wouldn't trade her for the world. When I moved to California, she's She's staying my therapist, like because <laughs> I was have that virtual therapy. therapy. Yeah, because ever since oh. the pandemic, anyway, we've been doing it uh, virtual because I work from home and it and it's convenient for me. So, yeah, find find somebody that makes you feel comfortable, and if that person doesn't make you feel comfortable, if they say something that's like, mm, then you can really just get up in the middle of the session and walk away. Like you're paying the person, it's it's your money. Do what you want, you know. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I hear so many people say uh, their first therapist or their first few therapists didn't work for them, and I, I sit back and look around like, dang, what what happened with me? Because my very <laughs> first time I went to therapy, my therapist was phenomenal. Her name was Lakia, and I'm like, you're great. I love you. Like <laughs> I went to her for like two three months, and I was like, this is phenomenal. Um, Again, I went to therapy like shortly after the George Floyd situation. So, you know, mm -hmm. all that going on. And um, I want to say the Breonna Taylor situation happened shortly after that. Yeah. So, you know, with all that going on, I was just able to kind of really unload and talk about those black things that we don't get to talk about too often with a black therapist, uh, which made it just so much better. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I got lucky again because after I uh, stopped seeing Lakia, I was like, okay, I went to therapy. I did my thing. You know, I healed my issues. Um, I got into a relationship where I realized more about myself that I didn't realize before. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yeah, it's time to go to therapy again. And then you yeah. know, things started <laughs> happening at work. I started missing days because like I was to the point where I was, I would wake up some days so sick from just anxiety and depression that I would physically yeah. like have reactions and things like that. So I would like call yeah. out of work some days or just leave early because I was physically sick. And I went at the time, my job, they offered the uh, EAP with mm -hmm. uh, life health. And this was in, uh, this was 
2021. So this was two years ago. And my therapist, her name was Amy. She was a white Christian woman. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so funny because like when we first met, she was just like straight to the point. She started asking me questions. I'm just like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't think I like this. It's like within the first five, 10 minutes, she was just asking me like questions. I'm just like, okay, I don't like this. So I almost shrunk Matt for a second, but then she stopped. She paused. She was like, okay. So the reason why I asked you these questions and she broke down essentially, like she was trying to understand where I was coming from, where I Mm -hmm. was wanting to head to and where I'm at currently. And she used that information to then structure a game plan on how she was going to tailor the therapy towards me for the next however many sessions. Mm-hmm. And right. she used all that to then also come up with homework. Um, and I think that's mm-hmm. something that I think a lot of good therapists do. Both my yeah. therapists did yeah. that. They both were like, all right, I got homework for you. And mm-hmm. anyone that knows me know I, I'm a writer. And so they always mm-hmm. was like, okay, <laughs> we want you to do this. We want you to write this or write that. And I use a lot of those techniques today. You know, one of the things uh, that both therapists had me do was write a story about how a situation that affected me could have been different to heal that trauma, you know, to look at it from a different perspective. And it was one of the weirdest things because it's like when I tell that to other people, most people are like, how does that help? And I'm just like. I don't know, but it helped. Like I wrote it down and it was like, Oh, okay. But then, uh, late last year, early this year, I started looking more into uh, attachment theory and how people interact, uh, based off of attachment styles. And I look back now on those, uh, exercises that I did. And it's like, I see now, you know, this mm-hmm. is yeah. a form of healing through the attachment theory type of uh, thing. And that's something that, um, I'm glad that you brought up Liz in regards to just connecting with the therapist and everything and all the links that she mentioned uh, along with us, all the links that has been mentioned so far in this episode will be in the show notes and in the YouTube section. Yes. Um, I have one more question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Fire away. So, why uh, does Batman need therapy? No. Uh, <laughs> that'll be a whole other episode. We don't need to, we're not going there. We're not going there. Leave back goat out of this. <laughs> I was going to say, if the Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan photo shoot pissed you off, you need therapy. You need to figure yeah. out the reason why That's I pissed fact. you yeah. off and made That's you uncomfortable. Because um, exactly. it's important to see black men embrace and be vulnerable. I think it's beautiful. I love when black men express themselves. I, I mean, it just does something that warms my heart and some other stuff. I'm just saying, it's just, I just love. <laughs> I just love black men say, I went to therapy, I have emotional intelligence. And I tied into my feelings and I'm like, who take me now? You know? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh you got her over the oh, note. Oh, oh, man. It's what I knew. <laughs> <laughs> so, for my last question, uh, we talked a lot about mental health. We talked a lot about different ways that we can heal our mental health and we can handle it and 
deal with it in different ways. But what is one thing that you would recommend people do to help improve their mental health? Um, one thing. Just one thing. That's an excellent question. One thing to improve your mental health. That is a, wow. Um, I think one thing that a person can do (laughs) to improve their mental health Smoke some goddamn weed. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke some, <now. laughs> Um. I mean, I mean. But no. Uh, besides that, I, I would say the, the 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 one thing that a person can do is. There's so many things that I want to say. Um, tell yourself that you deserve happiness. That's a good one. That is a real good Tell one. yourself that you deserve happiness. You are your star player. If your star player is out, how you going to finish the game? How you going to win the game? You can't win the game if your star player ain't good. So, yeah. yeah. That, that's all I can think of. And smoke weed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and to, to that point, I want to add, um, as far as smoking weed, uh, I'm not going to lie. When I was younger, I used to be real into like the, you know, the dare commercials, don't do drugs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. As I got older and started living more, I can definitely say I've disappointed all those people. (laughs) And I'm glad I did. (laughs) Um, I think because you, so the one thing nobody ever really talks about with marijuana, because like, I remember in the news all the time, there was all these things like, you know, don't smoke weed. It's bad for you. It kills your brain cells. But then you turn around you look at some of the most creative people on this planet, your Snoop Dogs and Willie Nelson. Uh, it's a lot of people that smoke weed, you know, and you see it flourish in their creative processes. And the thing is, I don't, because I personally, I engage in cannabis, but I don't do it just to get high. You know, there's different strains out here that there there's uppers that make you have that energetic kind of energy or ones that have you hyper focused some that you know push your creative processes and myself as a graphic designer and graphic artist a lot of times when i'm stumped i take me a couple puffs or but it's also like a whole environmental thing too i'll have candles and incense and um lo-fi music and things like that that also play a part in the creative process and a lot of times i push my best work out that way you know um again i I don't do it just to be high and be like oh man like 
you know, I'm I'm seeing sounds right now when I can hear the color blue. You know, I don't all that crazy stuff. You know, I think that um, those things can happen, but it, you you got to do your research. Yeah. You know, um, I recommend. I think it's called. Is it leaf? It's either Leafly or Leafly. I'll put the link in the description. Um, I get their updates sent to my phone all the time. They'll tell you about uh, different kind of strains out here, like what's the what's the THC level, the the goods about it, the pros and cons kind of thing. Um, where you can find dispensaries, how you can get your medical card. Um, even if you don't, if you're not a smoker, other things that can help assist in the same ways. Like, you know, if you're a creative person and you kind of hit those roadblocks every now and again, but you're not a smoker, try this gummy or try this edible, you know, a lot. And a lot of the times they're inexpensive and they're low dose too. Like a lot of people think, you know, when you smoke weed, um, you you just done for you lose all your brain cells and all that crazy stuff. That's that's honestly from personal experience. That's one of the biggest loads of crap I've ever heard about cannabis. Um, and hell, let's go here. A lot of these big companies, all these rich people, they've been doing it for years. That's how a lot of them make these deals and they make all this money you know, as well as investing into the products and things like that. So do your own research, man. Like don't, don't not try something because somebody else says it's bad for you. Cause a lot of people say, you know, smoking weed is bad. Why? Uh, exactly. They can't even tell you. It kills your brain cells. Like I think what well, we killed my brain cells. Anything. <laughs> I was gonna say what killed my brain cells was all that psych meds that I I've taken, mm-hmm. and it seems like though like me ingesting cannabis has mm-hmm. actually improved a lot of like my cognitive function. Um, even because at, at one point I had trouble like walking and speaking um, as a result of taking those medications, and cannabis helped restore that. So it, it helped me. Um, cognitive, it helped my cognitive function, some like neurological issues that I was having. It, it helped out in more than just my mental health. It has, it, it has helped my overall well-being. Um, payment, I use it for pain management. I use it for just about everything. Um, so yeah, all those common misconceptions, those, you know, uh, it's the gateway drug and, and all that other kind of stuff. And it's, it's like, that's, I, I think those are like those common misconceptions that people we still carry to this day. And it's like, do you do your research, y'all, because it's so much so much research that has been done by like some of the top of the line universities um, that show that, hell, it, it helps improve your lung functions for all those cigarette smokers out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> cannabis has actually been shown to, you know, help. Uh, do undo some of the damage that tobacco has like cigarettes have has caused so um yeah just you don't have to always listen to what the the media says like you you want to make sure you fact check fact check that that's all i would say 
Oh, we're going to have to bring Liz on in season two to talk about uh, the negative connotations that come along with people that talk about yes, smoking weed because yes. this has been yes. a, a really good episode and yes. I think yes, it's going to help a lot of people. Yes, sir. Uh, so before we end this off, Liz, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts, final thoughts. I think my biggest one was just smoke weed, but no, um, <laughs> <laughs> smoke weed, go to therapy and fuck life. Um, <laughs> just, you know, we're in this culture about like self love and, you know, um, toxic productivity and gaslighting, manip- all these buzzwords and, and, and all of that before y'all this, this I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to go on a little rant for just a second. When y'all say these things, make sure y'all know what y'all talking about before y'all say it. Don't say, oh, he gaslit me because he asked a question. That's not what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is when someone, and I'll give you an example. Somebody, if, if I tell Otis, hey, I don't like the way that you treated me when I said this, this, and that. And he, you crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't say that. Well, yeah, you did say it. <laughs> That's gaslighting when you have a person question their sanity. Right. Look it up, y'all. Stop stop saying that Taco Bell gaslit you by not giving you enough sauce packets. That's not what gaslighting is, (laughs) y'all. Stop using these buzzwords and and turn it. We always got to be doing something. I'm hollering. (laughs) Yeah. No, because um, I think I saw a post about that. Somebody literally said, Taco Bell gas gaslit me. <laughs> or because they didn't get their hot sauce. Like, bro, you still got the fire. Be, be, be good. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, my biggest takeaway for, for tonight is just remember that you do deserve a safe space. For an un, to, to speak to an unbiased person, a mental health professional that can help you unload. Because in this day and age, when you read in the good news on the newspaper page. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. If y'all didn't catch that. Bro. If y'all don't know where I got that from, you need <laughs> therapy. But no. Um, it, <laughs> Love condition. Okay, um, <laughs> but no. Um, just re- just remember that you deserve to all the BS that's going on in the world. We got war, we got famine, we got racism, sexism, all the isms. It, it's we, we're getting sensory overload, especially with um, the age of technology, and we got AI. We got so much coming at us, and we get to a point where. We are literally sick because we are consuming so much. So just remember that it's okay to speak to somebody who can help you get to a better place because you you really do deserve um, you do deserve to have somebody to like really listen to you and, and get to understand you and help you get to the next step of your life. So don't so always take your mental health into your hands and don't let nobody else tell you. What medicines you gonna take? If you don't, if you don't feel comfortable, ask questions. If they not trying to answer your questions, go find somebody else. 
That was good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what's your takeaways? Um, pretty much the same thing, man. Do your research. Um, don't be afraid to try things, man. You know, don't be afraid to do your research. Um, also one one particular point on the subject of mental health, I really want to drive home here. Um. I know men, women, non-binary, all walks of life listen to us, but I want to I want to speak to the guys that are listening to this. Fellas, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, whatever, it's okay to not be okay. And it's also to it's also okay to talk about these things. Talking about our emotions does not take away from our masculinity, our manhood. It doesn't make us any less of men. It honestly makes us stronger men and more powerful men when we develop a sense of self and we we are seeking that healing out. Don't be afraid to do therapy, seriously. Better help, psychology today. Um, Talk space. Talk space. There's a lot of resources out here. We got to quit sweeping stuff up under the rug because a lot of us, and I, I won't call out anybody, but I know a lot of people, a lot of guys, because they're not in therapy, man, it's, it's affecting their relationships in the worst ways possible. They don't know how to treat their women or their kids or themselves. It's okay to get therapy. It's okay to talk to somebody. Your homeboy is not your therapist, though. They are a listening ear, but they're not. Your, they're not your therapist. Secret professional. You know, um, it ain't nothing wrong with it. Like real men know when it's time to get help. So that's all I got. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. And, you know, I agree with and will reiterate the sentiments, you know, the therapy is important. Take your mental health is important and realizing when it's time to go, not even when it gets bad, because I think that's a lot of times when people tend to want to go. I know that was what caused me to want to go the first time. But even if it's just like, you know, I had a couple of days where like my anxiety was just a little bit too high or I had a couple of days where I just didn't really feel like getting out of bed, things like that. You know, those are some small warning signs that, you know, maybe my mental isn't all the way there or I'll even go as far as say, even if everything is good, sometimes you need to unload some pent up stress or uh, un un, uh, unreleased anger, things like that. That's what they're for. You know, things like that as well, because those things over time can build up and you don't, you don't. Uh-oh. Oh, there we go. Okay. We lost it for uh, a second. Yeah. Our connection went out. That's what it was. Oh, that sucks. But, um. Yeah. Even if everything is good, go to therapy um, and 
just talk it out because over time, even some of the small stress stressors and things like that can can build up. But great episode of the Bearded Blur Brothers podcast. Thank you, Liz, for joining us for this very insightful discussion. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was your first guest. Yay. <laughs> Until next time. Oh, go ahead. And one last thing. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, Liz, one yes, more thank time. You. Where can everybody this is why... reach you, follow you? <laughs> this is why we work together. Oh, yes, I'll just pick up when I drop it. <laughs> so you can find me on... Um, uh, I put out an episode every other Thursday because I try to do every Thursday. It, it don't work for me. But every other Thursday, I put out a new um, Adulting Sucks, right? Um, you can find me on any platform that you listen to music or podcasting. So Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, CastBox, whatever. You can find me. Um, you can also um, Instagram is Adulting Sucks, right? Podcast. And also with Facebook is the you can just put adulting sucks right and you will you will see my And we will face. link it all in the description <laughs> as well for those of you who are just too lazy to do your own searching. Until next time. I am Gary. Yes, oh, this has been a beautiful brother's podcast. <laughs> <laughs>